basically, I feel really bad for Drogon. If you think about Drogon, Drogon has lost two brothers. He's been fighting tons of battles. He's been hauling around that lady the whole time. It's pretty crazy. I feel bad for the guy. All right. It's over. It's, it's really sad to me, but it is over. There's nothing you can do about it. There's always a begin, beginning and an ending to a story, and we've reached the end. So no matter what it was, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything yet, but uh, this is definitely going to be going over the last episode of Season 8, which is Episode 6 of Game of Thrones, the last season of this series. There's nothing more. And now, you know, that's it. That's it. You know, it's not based on the books because the books aren't written. I'm sure the plot points are aligned to what George R. R. Martin would want. But, man, you know, you think about stories and how powerful and moving they can be. And this is, no matter if you disliked it or you liked it, you disagreed with it, you agreed with it. As you guys probably have listened to my other podcasts, you know, I had some strong feelings against the last few episodes of this season and even last season. But, you know what, in the end of the day, it's done. There's no more wondering. There's no more curiosity. Obviously, there are still open questions, but it's done. The story, the plot points, what happened, what's going to happen, that's done. And it's uh, pretty pretty tough. So, guys, we're going to jump into the episode. We'll do a quick recap, questions, thoughts, feelings. And then at the end, we're going to talk about what's next for this podcast because I really have been enjoying doing this on a weekly basis. So maybe we'll do something else. So I want your help and ideas for that. So we'll get to that at the end. So just jumping into it, the last episode. Oh, my goodness. Spoilers from this this point out man you know last episode and you can listen to my podcast about it before i was very salty about it was not very happy with how they wrote out the entire story for the destruction of king's landing as part of the battle for king's landing it was kind of a joke of a battle i mean danny just destroyed everything and then they rang the bells surrendered and then she continued to just f everybody up what I thought was funny is that the bells ring and then she looks at the Red Keep and then she takes the longest path possible to get to the Red Keep where we know Cersei is, the person that she wants to kill. It's actually insane. That's the part that was weird to me. And, and you know, you can listen to that podcast about my questions there. But something I did notice in this episode just generally is that there was no search for bodies about Cersei. Daenerys was very keen on killing Cersei and clearly she destroyed everything. But they never really talked about the body or finding the body or if she was alive or if she was dead. There was no question about that. She was kind of like, up, oh, I win, which I thought was kind of interesting. We'll go over to other interesting points, but let's pretty much jump into it. Starting at the beginning of the episode, we see Tyrion kind of walking into the city, back into the city after they left when Daenerys was kind of going ham on everything. And he's kind of walking, and the first thing I noticed, by the way, all these episodes are gorgeous. The, the camera work is incredible, no matter if you like the story. If you don't, the camera work is incredible. Now, this one, really, it actually, I didn't catch it at first. But then I was like, oh, shoot. Tyrion's walking back into the city, and you what you realize is that the city just went under, you know, is under a war, and then the dragon, but there's no screams. There's nothing at all. It's so quiet. It kind of threw me for a loop because I was like, what? why is it so quiet? And I don't actually, I guess it was just because there was no screams because either everyone's dead, everyone's shell-shocked, whatever it is. So there was no sound. All you see is Tyrion just walking back through, seeing the charred body, seeing people that are burned just walking out. It's like very moving. And that silence and that calm is very eerie. And it actually is like, oh, shit, what is going on? And so they basically re-enter the city with John and Davos. And it's already at this point that you get a feeling like, okay, there's a lot of people going on, but the main characters invested right now 
is very, very limited. Not in a bad way. I'm just saying you get a sense that like John's there, Tyrion's there, Arya's there, and Danny and, and Grey Worm. But that's about it for main characters. Everyone else is either dead or they're in the north or they're you know back in the Iron Islands, you know Yara, all, all that stuff. Which I thought was kind of interesting. You know, we've resolved so much conflict. So many people have died. So many things have been kind of, you know, resolved or, you know, we know what's going on with them that there's not very many people left. Which is kind of interesting because through the whole, from the beginning of Game of Thrones, there's been infinity characters. And in this episode, they give you the sense that there's only these four. There's really only three people, Tyrion, John, and Danny. Then there's the secondary characters, Grey Worm, Davos, Arya. But they don't really do a whole lot. What's, I thought it was really interesting how you can see this, you know, the Dan, Daenerys's army, basically John basically walks, he wants to go talk to Daenerys, he walks by Grey Worm trying to kill some innocents, he tries to push on him and they almost push back and it's like, oh shit, you are a loose cannon, buddy, you are a loose cannon, so he basically goes to Dan, Daenerys and all of a sudden she kind of comes up and there was an incredible shot, I put it in the thumbnail for this podcast of you know, the camera pans up and it goes above this, uh, up the stairs leading to the, what uh, you would think would be the throne room, but I think it's just the Red Keep. And as it goes up, it, you start to see Daenerys. And then behind her, the dragon opens its wings and it looks like that Daenerys has the wings. And then the dragon goes straight up. It is such a great shot. It's all over Twitter, it's all over the internet. But damn, that is some good camera work. And knowing that that's CG in the background, they did that on purpose. Oh man, that's so good. It's so, I mean, of course they did it on purpose. It's a great shot. It looks so good. So that was really cool. The camera work here was incredible. The, the mood, the feeling that you get was really powerful through this entire episode. I actually really, really enjoyed much of this episode and the feeling that it gave you. Um, you know, the plot was standing. Anyway, so basically Daenerys comes out. John doesn't get to talk to her right away. She basically says, you know, hey, hey, this is the, you know, we're going to, we just broke the wheel. On, uh, we won. And now, you know, we're going to actually keep fighting. And it's like, wait, what? You just got your throne. You're good now. You won. And she's saying our war's not over. Our battle's not over. Basically, she wants to now go all around the world and free people from their tyrants, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, it's like, okay, you just won. You wanted the throne. You got the throne. And now you want to go out and just conquer and free people? Okay. And, you know, Tyrion later is talking about how she is just a liberator. That's her personality, and that's what she's going to keep doing. Okay. That's, that's fair. But, you know, I, I just, uh, yeah, it's like, well, why don't you just chill out? You, you just got the throne, but she probably just doesn't know how to chill out. And I think the most chill we've ever seen her is when she's been in love with Jon Snow, which is pretty moving. Uh, Tyrion, uh, right before this part two, goes into the dragon uh, crypts or the, or the dungeons or whatever they are under the Red Keep. And he finds Jamie's arm and then finds Jamie and Cersei together dead. And is confirmed they died to a cave-in. And he, you know, is upset, obviously. Very, 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 very upset. He did betray Daenerys as well. So as he kind of comes up and she's giving her speech, she basically says, you freed your brother. You were, you know, you're a traitor. And he's like, yeah, I did. All right. And he gives, he throws his, you know, hand of the king thing, hand of the queen down. And she's like, all right, take him. Put him in, the, put him in captivity. So he basically gets taken. We know he's going to get flamed later if, uh, if it gets to that. And then she kind of walks away, and she looks at John for a second, looking to see if he's going to be affectionate, I feel like, and he isn't. He's kind of like, what the F is going on, lady? And then he, she leaves. 
man, is very tense between those two. You would think that they they were very lovey-dovey for a while. As soon as after the boat scene where they got it on, they were very, very lovey. I mean, dragon, flying their dragons around, all that. And, um, man, after the dragon went down, she snapped. Her personality was vastly different, uh, which is crazy. You know, uh, Masandi and her dragon died in, in two episodes ago. And she was off. She was off her rocker. I mean, way, 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 way different after that, which is a little, it's a little sad. I mean, it's she changed so much after that. Like so, oh man, it's 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 almost upsetting to watch because it looks like she kind of loses her mind, which is I I would probably say you know kind of worth you know kind of makes sense, but kind of not because that's not. I mean, that is a lot, but still, I mean loses all of her principles and everything she's been going for because of that. It's kind of crazy, but it is what it is. So after that, basically, John talks to Tyrion. Tyrion's like, yo, you have to kill her. Listen, I know you want to be a good guy. I know you believe in the queen. You're going to have to take her out. And so he's like, no, I love her. She's our queen. Don't say that. And so he basically leaves after Tyrion's pretty much begging him, which is, you know what? Tyrion is still, you know, not had a, had a tough road. These past two seasons, Tyrion really hasn't gotten a whole lot right, even maybe now. <laughs> so, yeah. John does understand, though, that there was some secondary orders that were going on during the battle that he wasn't aware of. He, uh, Daenerys, he, he basically confronts Danny in the throne room, and they talk about it. And when Danny goes in the throne room first, it's exactly from the, um, you know, the vision that she had about her walking to the throne room and it's snowing or there's ash coming down. And she walks up to the throne, and it's very eerie because you know you've seen this a bunch of times. And if you know what the uh, what season episode that is, please put it down in the comments. I would love to go back and pull that up to see what exactly are the differences now that she's actually there. Because she goes in, and the ceiling is destroyed. The wall is destroyed. It's all jacked up. She basically walks up, and she's very nervous to touch it because in her dream or in her vision, she doesn't touch it. She gets very close and then doesn't. But in this, she does touch it. And she's like super happy. And then John enters and she's like, oh my. And, they, and then all of a sudden she's kind of like super lovey-dovey with him, which we're, I was a little surprised because John is the biggest threat to her. And a lot of people are telling John like, hey, Arya even said to John, hey, Arya, who like, by the way, just like ghosted around a million troops up up a bunch of stairs after the speech, just got through easy peasy and got next to John. I thought it was kind of funny. Teleported per se, as we know uh, happens in these, uh, these episodes. And... Uh, so, you know, she, even she warns, like, hey, you're the biggest threat she has. So you would think that she's going to be on her guard. So John, you know, is entering the throne room and Drogon is outside standing guard, you know, lets John go through, which I thought by itself was pretty interesting. But then again, because he's a Targaryen, because he's been riding dragons, because he's been doing all that, it kind of makes sense. So he goes in. They they basically almost embrace. You know, they kind of embrace. And uh, she's like, you know, we did it. Look at that. We're going to break the wheel. Which he kept he keeps talking about the wheel, you know, the monarchies and their son and their and having children and then they rule and then they rule and their tyrants and all this stuff that she's saying is evil everywhere. So basically, she's saying, "Hey, like we're gonna go and we're gonna do this together." And John is stuck on the fact that she just killed an entire city. And it, I, what I thought was really interesting here was that I don't disagree with the things that Daenerys said. She, he John was saying, "You just killed an entire city," and she's like, "Well, I gave him an option." surrender or don't and she said don't and she thought that was gonna be her weakness my weakness and it wasn't and i'm kind of like shit you get you got me you got me uh so that 
was a pretty com- – I mean, it's true, right? Like, that's why Cersei barricaded herself in. I all, I mean, I don't agree that Daenerys should have killed the entire city where there's people that aren't even involved in the battle or near people that are bad. But, yeah, I don't really get that. But I understand what she's saying. And then John's saying, well, don't we have to be merciful? And you can see on John's face that he is hurting so bad. He's hurting so bad. He's He knows – you know, he's hearing what she's saying and he can see why she's saying it, but he knows the right option and the, you know, the for the humanistic option, which is don't burn them all. And she's like, no, I had to. Don't you see? Don't you get it? And he's like, uh, you're, uh, you're, I see what you're saying. I don't like it. And I don't agree with it. He doesn't disagree openly with her because she's clearly off a rocker and she's looking at him with eyes that are just pure loving. And pure, like, there's nothing, like, cautious there. It's all like, look at look at what I did today. Uh, look at what we're going to do. This is awesome. She's, like, super excited. Not giddy, but just you can tell by her expressions that she is pure joy right now. And that, you know, she has a mission. And now she knows that she's going to have to keep doing this all around the world. Which I thought was kind of interesting. But she is also, it's you would also think that she would be on edge because of her thinking already that John betrayed her and all this stuff. So you would think that she'd be a little bit more cautious about letting John get close or having guards around or having Drogon there or any of that. And she's not. And so, you know, he's basically saying, like, we need to lead with being merciful. And she's basically says, you know, we, we can't do little mercy things when we really are just going to jack them up if they mess with us. And it's like, he's like, shit, you got me again. He didn't say that. But that's how I kind of felt. I was like, dang, girl, you actually, that actually, I get it now. I actually get what you're saying, and I get it. It makes sense. Too bad you didn't say any of the stuff last episode. So I was just raging last episode and last podcast, but that's okay. Man. And then he, they get really close, and they kiss, and then you see arms. The, he, John has his arms wrapped around her, and then you see his right arm go down. And I'm like, fuck. He's going to do it. He's going to stab her, and then he does. He stabs her, and he says, you'll always be my queen, and then stabs her, and then she he holds her as she's getting stabbed. She doesn't make any facial expressions, like like really that much of a surprise, doesn't say anything, and then he puts her down on the ground, and she's dead. I actually, I wish that they did something where she would say something, or at least be like, why? Why did you do this? Or, you know, say something like, I, I loved you, or like, you know, I thought we were going to rule together or I don't know something that was a little bit more than she just didn't really say anything and then just died and I was like frick man freaking frick was not nah, I was not that happy with that death and then you Drogon you hear him he's he all of a sudden get jumps up to the castle he kind of takes the long way going back and forth but he can sense something's up and he comes up John's holding Daenerys she's dead now like dead with a sword in her chest a dagger in her chest and then He's like, oh, shit. John is like, uh, oh, Jesus. I think he's pretty much accepted that Dragon might get a little mad mad. So he puts the body down. He backs away, and he's like, he doesn't say anything. Drogon starts nudging her, and she's dead. It's pretty clear. And I was actually wondering if she would live through, like, okay, she got stabbed, but she can live through that, right? But no, that's not the case. Uh, basically, I feel really bad for Drogon. If you think about Drogon, Drogon has lost two brothers, now his mother... Has been in kept was in a, was in a freaking cage for a long time. I mean, he's been fighting tons of battles. You know, he's been hauling around that lady the whole time. It's pretty crazy. I feel bad for the guy. Anyway, he sees this. He's very upset. 
clearly he like looks at John. He's about to use his flame breath on John, and uh, which I kind of thought for a second I was like, but if John's Targaryen, he might be fire resistant too. So that could be an interesting twist. That didn't happen. Then all of a sudden Drogon go looks, and because they're in the throne room next to the Iron Throne, which Danny has already touched. He turns and he lights and he, and he starts using his flame breath very angri angrily and uses it all over the throne and it melts the Iron Throne to just nothing. And he melts it down. I thought it was a great sequence. It was a great scene. Basically, the Drogon's like, F you people and this freaking chair. I'm melting it down now. It's actually crazy. So I thought it was a great scene and then basically he... Uh, Drogon picks up Daenerys and flies off with her. And I was kind of like, well, where are you going? Because I was actually expecting Drogon to maybe allow Jon to ride him now. And then that would be how uh, Jon would take kind of the rightful ownership of the throne. And the and the Unsullied and all those people would be like, oh, shit. Okay, you're now the, the dragon man. But that didn't happen. I was actually really excited for that to happen. Because Jon only got a small stint on the back of uh, Rhaegal. And uh, then Rhaegal was... You know what happened to him. Pew, 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 pew. But anyway, so that happened. I, you know, I, 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 I kind of wish the death scene was a little bit more. I wish I wanted a little bit more from Daenerys there in terms of, like, surprise or something. But it didn't really go down like that. And then John kind of just, like, kind of just switches scenes. And it's fast forward a long time. And you find out John's just been in prison. They basically take Tyrion out and take him to the dragon uh, that's not is it the dragon yeah it's the dragon pits back where we saw the uh, white walker who was brought down to, to uh be shown to cersei to show that the dead were coming which did nothing um and other than piss off jamie and get him to come join and then well i guess him and brianne got together so ooh, ooh. but next Tyrion goes there and clearly there's a lot of people sounds is there the knights of the eerie are there um davos is there Brienne is there. Everybody's there. I mean, all the all the all the big houses, the remaining big houses are left. Yara is there. The Dor there's a new person from Dorne there. You can tell by how he's dressed. And they're basically like, all right, the Unsullied are like, we want justice because this is bullshit. John stabbed Daenerys, and this guy is involved. He was uh, you know he was a traitor. So you guys need to tell me what what are we gonna do with this? And because they want bad stuff to happen. They want Daener you know, something to happen. Because clearly Unsullied don't care anymore. Unsullied and Dothraki, sure, they want vengeance or like justice for their queen. But they want to leave. This is not their home. They're going to get out of there. They already told Daenerys they were going to get out, out once their enemies were fought, uh, defeated. Which I thought was a little sad. Because she basically says we're going to go fight everywhere after you know they won the battle. Which basically means, yeah, no, their duty will never be done. Which is a little sad for them. Basically, they decide that... Uh, they, they're basically saying, well, someone has to decide what's going to happen to Tyrion. Tyrion says, well, it's, you know, okay, well, who's, you know, who's the king or queen or who, how are you going to do this? You guys are the most powerful people. No one really volunteers here. I was expecting Sansa to kind of raise her hand, but she's so pure north that I, I was like, all right, so she's not going to volunteer. She's so pure north. There was an awkward scene with her uncle, but it, I mean, it's kind of funny, but I mean, whatever. No one really wanted to be the king, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, after everything that's happened, though, in eight years of Game of Thrones, I wouldn't want to be king either. Then Tyrion basically says he's been thinking about it a lot, and he knows who should be, or he thinks that he knows who should be, and he basically names Bran, who was at that meeting as well. I'm going to be honest with you. And then, you know, they pick Bran. Everyone says, yep, we're going to do it. Sansa does declare the North is its own country, and therefore she is queen. And they're like, okay. But, you know, Bran they pick Bran, and Bran's like, okay. 
yeah, I didn't travel all this way for nothing. And that was the only line he said the entire time. I'm like, come on, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm not the big, I'm not a big fan of Bran being the king. To be honest, Bran is not, he's not even, it doesn't even seem like he's human. He's almost, he's, uh, he's, you know, the raven. And he's in, you know, he is like the history of man, which is important, which has kind of been set the foundation of this entire season is the history and knowledge is important, not repeating yourselves and all that jazz. But I'm not really that fan because I don't know if he's even going to care. I, I don't really get it. I don't really get what he's going to be as the king. I guess he's going to be the neutral person to, I, mean, I don't know, rule. But it seems like he doesn't even care. Like even later, he doesn't really seem to care about the the things you know that need to be decided. He just cares about knowledge and whatever else. So it was a little weird. So he then names Tyrion as his hand, which I thought was fitting. And I actually liked that. Uh, and basically saying that he has to now serve forever because he needs to make out for what he's done. And I thought that was kind of fitting and it actually makes sense. And I do like it because he has been clever in the past. I mean, I want to go back and watch seasons one, two, three now. And maybe I'll do that with a podcast. And maybe I'll do that now, the rewatching of the Thrones, because to be honest with you, there's a lot of things now that we know we won't wonder as much about. And we'll be able to focus on what's actually happening, knowing the kind of the end to end story. So when we see Bran, do, you know, Bran doing things or we see Tyrion doing things, it'll actually be probably pretty entertaining to know this is where he's going to end up. And I think it's pretty fitting. You know, later he's in the uh, he's in a meeting with the guys around the uh, around the table. And there's a whole scene dedicated to this, really, where he's, you know, about to sit where the um, the hand of the king sits in one of the council meetings and he sits down and then he like gets up and he fixes all the chairs and then everybody comes in and he's like, Oh God, you know, just worry about the dumb little things. Now the, the whole theme had changed and it changed so fast. I mean, this episode was really a drastic shift, you know, but anyway, so they, they decide those things about Bran. Who I don't really, I don't really get, I still don't understand. And does, and does he, did he know this was going to happen? Did he orchestrate this? Cause that this was going to happen. I don't know. That's what. That's one of my big open questions is, did Bran play a role in Bran being the head of Winter uh, of King's Landing? I mean, I, the king of the six kingdoms now, not seven. And I don't have an answer for that. So, I, you know, let me know what you think in the comments and in the Discord. But, my God. My God. But anyway, so that happened. Then they basically go talk to John because the Unsullied, specifically Grey Worm, who's turned into a giant dick, he has basically said, we want we want justice, and John is not going to get off easy. So he basically, basically what they decide, and I'm kind of pissed about it. It's I kind of get it, but I'm pissed. They basically say John is going to join the Night's Watch, and everyone agreed on it. They weren't happy, but they're going to agree on it. John is going to go join the Night's Watch again? First of all, why the hell is there a Night's Watch? I guess they just have to sit watching on the wall, but they just destroyed the Night King, so I'm not really sure what they're going to do. So maybe it's actually a cushy gig for the man. And I just don't like that it's up in the middle of nowhere and it's snowy and he basically has to he has to swear off that he's going to have any kids, that he's ever going to get married, that he's going to ever have any women, that he's ever going to have any land, which is pretty jacked up because he is he is the Stark. And he is the Targaryen. He was the heir to the Iron Throne, but they've given up that whole model. Well, no, they haven't. They gave it to Bran, who they're saying is like going to be the neutral guy who's going to know of everything that's happened before and be the most, you know, fair person. But, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Really interesting. So they basically, it ends with this. John saying goodbye to Arya and Sansa, which was very emotional. 
Sansa's looking beast mode. She's the queen of the north. But he, Bran only says like four words, and he's only said like 12 words this entire season. So that's what bothers me a little bit. His, we're not really in tune with his character now. He was kind of a, a, a main character, right? And then they, he turned into the Raven, and that kind of morphed him out of being a character we followed to a character that just contributed sometimes. You know, he would say things, he would do things, but we would never really follow what's going on with him anymore. And that was a shift kind of in the middle of the seasons when he became Raven and got back to Winterfell uh, after he got back from uh, being above the wall, which I thought was an interesting shift. But they and they stopped focusing on him. They really did. There's a few scenes here and there like Littlefinger and him. But in general, it was pretty much. Yeah, it was pretty much. Yeah. But anyway, so they pretty much ends up John leaving. He's leaving. He's going to the Night's Watch. So he sails off. Unsullied Grey Worm. Grey Worm works so freaking upset. And I get why, man. I get why. But jeez, man. He's well, dampener on the mood. But anyway, so him and everybody, they're going to Noth, which is which, which was his uh, his lover's uh, home, Masandi. Um, so he's going there just like they had promised earlier when they were in Winterfell together. He's probably going to go be, you know, guard that area. And just to protect it. They're all leaving, which is pretty, you know, pretty crazy. I think they're just taking the, you know, walk of shame or the boat of shame home. But that's okay. They're leaving. Yeah, I do. I do actually am a little surprised at how upset they're not. Um, the fact that they're still being orderly, I guess they're they're military, you know, group. But geez, man, they really they really held in there as everybody got jacked up and their queen got stabbed. So I'm surprised they didn't just mutilate John and like kill the crap out of him. To be honest, I'm also not sure how they knew John stabbed her. He probably told her everybody because he's so honorable, but I don't, I don't really know. He, um, you know, you don't really see what happened between the dragon flying off with Daenerys. So apparently, maybe the Unsullied got to see Daenerys. I don't know. We don't know where she was brought. We don't know anything about that, which is also a little sad. It would have been nice to see Drogon pick her up while injured, and then she has like a conversation with the dragon or something like that. But that's okay. It's okay. It is what it is, guys. The story is written, and now it is, it is done. So that's kind of where everyone lands. So John's out of King's Landing. We see, you know, the Tyrion scene with the chairs. Bran, uh, Bron of Blackwater is there. He is now the, you know, house for Highgarden. He, owned, he has all of Highgarden because that's what Tyrion promised after he was a jerk to Jaime and him. And he kind of comes in all kind of arrogant. Now, that bothered me a little bit because I did think he was actually a good guy. He's clearly not, which already gives me doubt for the King's Landing political situation that is starting out. But that's okay. Brienne is there and Podrick is there. That was awesome. The King's Guard, where they're in the golden armor. Podrick's in, in gold armor and Brienne's in gold armor. It is awesome. It is so good. Now, it's, I'm a little surprised that she's not sticking with Sansa in the north, but I, it's awesome that she's there and that she's doing that. There was a scene with Brienne, and Brienne was writing in the, the blog where there's a, basically a book where all the knights and their stories of who they were and all the things that they, all the things that they did is in this little book. And the book, she basically is leafing through and she finds Jamie Lannister. And of course we know she, you know, it was, it was her kind of fling guy through the whole season. You kind of knew that they had a thing and then it finally worked itself out in the Winterfell. And then in this episode, she writes in she starts writing in the book and starts telling the tale of Jamie. And you actually, it's really sweet. And you get to see all the things that he achieved. And it was very, it was emotional. She's staying strong, obviously, but it was like, shit, man, that guy, he went through a lot of, he did a lot of shit. And I'm so upset that 
I am actually upset that the last thing she write, what, wrote was, and she and he died in protect, protecting his queen. It's like, jeez, man, jeez, yikes. I wish it was that he was he. I think I wish he killed Cersei and he died while doing it to a cave-in. and then you know to put her down. Whatever. I don't know, but then she could have written something instead of saying protected his queen, protected the realm. That would have been like the shit. I would have been like, oh, yeah. But that's okay. It is what it is. Again, the story's written. So that all happens, and that's awesome to see all those characters off in a positive way. Uh, Bran basically shows up at the meeting with where the Tyrion has all the advisors around, and he's basically like, has anyone seen Drogon? And they say last he was seen flying west or east or whatever. And he's like, oh, okay, maybe I can find him. And then he's like, carry on. And so he leaves. He leaves. And I'm like, wait, where are you going, dude? What are you going to even do? So what is he going to do? Go back in time, use his, eye, his, his, his green seer ability? I don't know. He's going to use his raven things to do something to be able to go fly around, probably control the ravens, actually, and go find him. I don't know why. You know, Let me know what you think he could be actually curious about. Why Drogon was – why he's worried about where Drogon was. Let me know what you guys think about that. Do you think that he was warging Drogon at the end there uh, with Daenerys when he used to fire on the on the chair? What do you think? There's a few theories out there, but uh, obviously it's quickly after. I just have a few thoughts. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. So, you know, I'm kind of glad where Tyrion ended up. I'm glad where uh, Brienne, Podrick, Brown, I guess, even though he's a jerk. Sam is there as the – it was actually awesome. I'm really happy for Sam. He's going to be there uh, being the maester for the king, basically, which is great. Uh, yeah. And then and then Arya basically says she's going west, past Westeros, which is kind of cool, adventurous. I don't know if that's one of the spinoffs they're planning for. But, you know, we later see her, ba- you know, it follows John, Arya, and Sansa, and which was on a very emotional moment. So basically after that meeting, they basically go there all their ways, and the music cues, and it's very, emo- you know, very strongly – strong music. I mean – they're all riding to their places, or they're all going to their places. And uh, actually, maybe it was actually a little bit later, but basically, Arya is on a ship headed west. John basically gets to the gets to the wall, and he's to the Night's freaking Watch, man. He's probably like, "Dude, I died to get out of this. Come on!" And I'm surprised Bran can't pardon him and get him out of that like a week later. Like, come on, who's gonna know? Let's be honest. I actually thought they were gonna do something cheeky. And instead of sending John there, he was going to be sent somewhere else and like be like, or I actually thought that the Night's Watch, because then there was no more threat in the north, they were going to be like the Night's Watch now watches this wall or something like that. And it was going to be in King's Landing or in Winterfell. But no, 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 no. It was actually up in the north near the big wall, the big one. And so he basically goes up there and he opens the doors, he enters and he sees Dorman. Which was actually awesome. I was like, well, hey, dude, at least you got a buddy. And then you see him with Ghost, which was probably the Twitter exploded with everybody's like, this makes everything worth it. John reunites with Ghost. Ghost, the dire wolf that he got in season one, I think episode one. I mean, he's reunited with him, which is awesome. After everything that Ghost has gone through, man, Ghost has gone through the ringer. Fighting the Night King. Being above the wall. It's just infinite things. And, um... You know, I'm glad that he's alive and he's with John again. That's great. So I was actually really happy about that. John does give him a little hug. Otherwise, he doesn't seem to care. Uh, anyway, and then I think the next part is actually where the music cues up kind of emotionally because he's basically John's in the north now. 
that's where he is. He's in, he's in uh, the Night's Watch. He's got to go up there and do that stand around thing. Tyrion's in the, is the hand of the king. Bran is king, and he barely says any words. That's good. And he uses his eyes, or he uses the ravens. That's good, right? Uh, uh, Sansa is a powerful mf'er. I mean, she is just every season. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that every episode. She seems to be more and more authoritative and strong-willed, which is great. I actually am really happy that that's where her character's landing up. And I kind of figured, and I hoped that she would be the leader of the North. You know, breaking it off and now saying that it's its own country and she's the queen. So there it is. I'm actually really happy for that. So that's all good. Then, yeah, I think this is where the music cues, and then you start to see them all walking down in one of the areas wherever they are, right? So you see John walking through King, uh, um, the fortress at, uh, for the Night's Watch. You see the Northmen and, and the Night's Watch and then wildlings like patting him or saying hi or not even saying hi, but just looking at him as he's passing through all of them. You see Arya going on a boat kind of alone, going out into the west. I guess she's kind of exploring, which is kind of weird because I don't think we really got the sense that she was an explorer before. I thought that she was more of an assassin. So, I mean, the Arya character has become so strong, though, and she is a badass all around. So, I, you know, she's, looking, she's doing good. And then Sansa is just, like, stoic as hell. Gets the crown on the north, and everyone says Queen of the North, and then that's that. And then the last scene is them going above the wall. I got to tell you, I don't know how you end a season that's been going on for eight years. It's like super incredibly popular, but they basically have Tormund and Jon and, and Ghost and a bunch of wildlings basically going north of the wall. Probably because the Night King's gone and they can just go off into the wilderness and resettle. But, you know, you don't really know what he's doing. It does, does it really matter? Not really at this point. He's basically just, you know, starting over. Not even starting over. He's just, you know, kind of going on. And it and he kind of rides off, and the camera fades. And it's at this point that you have to tell yourself a few things. What's done is done. This season, this series, it's over. It's over, and it's not going to come back. I mean, it's going to come back with you know, side spinoffs and stuff like that. I do think that some of the parts of this episode were very pushed uh, pretty quickly. But I and I wish that there was more dialogue in the in the kill scene of Daenerys. I wish there was more dialogue with Bran ever. Uh, so there's that type of stuff I can be salty about. But when you just sit back for a minute and you look at the whole thing and you say, God, that is one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard of being done over the span of eight years, being this, over all the continents, over if you think about how much movement there was, the number of characters they tracked, the number of characters that came and left, the deaths, the backstabs, the stories, the, the time travel, every, so much. I mean, it's such an incredible series. I was salty last week. I'll admit it. And I wasn't that happy for the whole story, the story in general, because I now knew where it, sta- it stood. Because once, and I said it last week, and I'll say it again, definitely check out those other podcasts as well and get the sense. You know, I'm, I'm very kind of, I'm resolved now. You know, I, I get it. It's over. This is it. And when you look from start to end, it's like, shit. All right. All right. Here it is. This is it. There's no editing anymore. There's no outcomes. When this episode was coming up, I thought to myself last week and I said to myself, you know, what's sad? The most th- the thing that's the most sad is that episode five of season eight closed the most doors for possibilities through deaths of characters, through po- like decisions being made by characters. Those types of things stop the possibility. They stop 
fans being able to theorize about what could happen. People had theories that Daenerys was going to turn into a dragon. They had theories that Daenerys was going to get an army of baby dragons coming to help her. I mean, there was so much, and what ended up happening was just, I mean, it was just, you know, it was what it was. The longest path from A to B is a squiggly line through a city with fire. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's sad. That's what's sad to me. And I'll say it again and again, you know. It's just the fact that you can't. we can't theorize anymore what's going to happen to the characters. We know now what happens to each and every one of the characters start to end. Until something more comes up, this is where it stands, and this is where it ends. It's really – that's the part. If you think about that for a minute, it gets – you know, you gets pretty it's – pretty, it's pretty much – it's pretty strong, pretty strong. And, you know, I, want, I think that all the characters did incredible. I thought the acting was incredible. I thought the um, – I thought the film work got progressively more insane. I mean, insane in a good way. It got so good. This season was incredible. And from a film and photography standpoint, artistically gorgeous. Storyline questionable. But you know what? It doesn't matter now. That's the kind of the best part, I think, is that it is what it is now. From start to end, we know it all. And I think what would might be fun is going back and, and rewatching it all because uh, from start to end. Because I think about being in the shoes of John. I mean, think about where he's going now. You know, he started off as a bastard. All this kind of bad stuff happened. He joins the Night Watch. All that crazy stuff happens north of the wall. The wildling lover. Everything there. He sees the Night King. He figures out that he has to do his duty. He kind of goes around. I mean, I'm not going to go through everything, but he goes through this entire quest. He gets stabbed by his own men. He gets brought back. He does a battle of the bastards. He gets his family back. I mean... And he finds out who he really is. I mean, there's so much. There's so much. And then this episode, he stabs Daenerys, his love. His second lover died. Holy crap. This guy's unlucky. But he stabs her. And I mean, this guy's been through the fuck. He's been through the shitter, man. It's insane. He's been through it all. And after all of what's happened, he's put in the Night's Watch to watch. And just sit around, you know what I mean, and be put on guard. And I was riding north of the wall. And you, and if you think that there won't be battles in the future, you think about what he's going to live with, like all that stuff that he's going to live with for the rest of his life, all that crazy epicness, all those things that happened, what could have been, what was gonna be. You think about it from the character's perspective, and you get even more like, oh man, dude, this guy. He's he's gonna be damn like we can at least sit back and look at the story, but and obviously the character's not real, but you think like damn, he's been through a lot and he is sucking it up and he's going to legitimately go to the Night's Watch and he's gonna do it. He's gonna be honorable through and through. You thought that if you he you thought maybe he was gonna become king, right? He becomes king and then he you know whatever. No, I mean he's gonna stay honorable and true to his guns and he's just gonna continue his duty. As it's been assigned to him, which is pretty crazy. And after everything that's happened, after all the places he's been, it's all been resolved. That's the crazy part about these types of stories to me is that you think about after all the craziness, they just are supposed to go on. It's just wild. Obviously, I'm ranting a little bit, but it's just wild. You think about Tyrion's life from here on out is like more of the same stuff. But Jon's is, has he's seen he's seen everything. I mean, he's seen everything, and now he's kind of. 
I don't want to say he's at peace because he's above the the wall. He's not. We know the food's not going to be. That, I like how I go to food first, right? The food's not going to be that great. You know, he's going to be just with whatever. He can't own land. He can't have a family. He's just kind of destined to be, you know, rot up. Now, I don't want to say rot up there. It's an honorable job or whatever, but you know, there's no future for him. After everything, after oh, that's the part that bothers me a little bit. Is like he's a Targaryen. He's actually technically the last Targaryen, right? And he's a Stark. And he's just going to rot up there? Come on. That's the part that bothers me. And he has to know that. And he must – he doesn't say a single peep. He doesn't protest at all. And I wish he kind of would have or there was something that could have been done for him or some little back channel hint that it might not just be him north of the wall, you know? Or at least, like, at least you can have, like, family. Because what about the Targaryen? I mean, he's the literally the last Targaryen. My thought would be that Drogon, after some time – maybe he is bonded to Daenerys, but – wouldn't Drogon go to Danny? I don't know. I honestly, you know, I don't know much about the side spinoffs. I will look into those. I will be doing a podcast for those once those are out, you know, eventually. But that's kind of one of my thoughts on this episode. I know I kind of got deep there for a little bit, but damn. It's, it is what it is. And that's the biggest thing is that it started and ended. And that's what it is. It's an incredible story. I wasn't happy. I may not be happy with, like, how things exactly played out. But it doesn't matter anymore. It's done. And we have to accept it. And, uh... I mean, I still think it's incredible. It's an incredible story. And, I, you know, I want to thank everybody from the show because I do not get this, you know, feeling of a story and, you know, kind of closing of the book with any other show I've ever watched. Maybe Dexter, and they botched the ending there, but it wasn't even as kind of one big story arc of Dexter. You guys, if you guys didn't know that, they kind of botched the ending of that. But it was different because this one has such a deep plot overarching across eight years i mean the night king cersei bad bad uh leaders of the throne all that stuff it's really crazy but yeah so i'm not gonna do any predictions i do think i will i have to research a little bit on the side spinoffs if you guys have any suggestions for me to kind of dig into that let me know in the comments or discord or on twitter it's uh, at tickle this and yeah i mean that's it that's it. That's it for Game of Thrones. So what I might do is I might go start rewatching each episode one at a time from season one to the end again. I might do that. Let me know what you think in the comments, though. Do you think that it would be a good idea for me to do that and give another perspective of those episodes after seeing everything we've seen here? Do you think I should watch a different show? I want to start to keep on doing weekly podcasts about some type of content, maybe even bringing some people I know uh, to join me for these. I know that this has been a little challenging because my schedule right now but i might try to clean that up so i could actually do this with somebody else let me know what you think down in the comments or the uh or the discord or twitter and uh let me know what what content you're consuming i'm also reading books um um Ryura revelations which is a super great series um there's also another series called expanse which is incredible sci-fi uh sci-fi series that i have watched there's no new season i mean there's not a new season coming out for some time but i'll probably do a podcast on that but let me know down in the comments guys what you think i should do next week and going forward we might have a little bit of a lull but anyway guys make sure you check out the youtube channel and the twitch for those streams and videos for world of warcraft content and other games and I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This has been my first content kind of following that I've been doing which for Game of Thrones. So I want to thank everybody so much. And we will see you on the next podcast or YouTube video, guys. Thank you so much. Take care.